Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Short Tales. For today's episode, I'm overjoyed to be joined by my beautiful friend, Sean Carney. Welcome, Sean. Thank you for having me, mate. It's always a pleasure to talk to you oh, buddy. with microphones in between <laughs> I know. We do it literally all the time, but I still take such joy in it. Um, but seriously, thank you so much for, for joining me today. I'm so happy that you're a part of this first episode of, of our, the conversational sort of side of Short Tales. I was very keen to sort of have you on for this first one because we kind of kind of started this writing journey together, basically. Yeah. Like, both did our masters at, at VCA in screenwriting together, and that was at least for me, definitely the start of my writing journey because I'd sort of obviously been involved in science and all this sort of shit beforehand before, yeah, really take, dipping my toe into the writing world. Yeah. Was it for you? Obviously, I know you'd done... Um, well, I did film school uh, probably four years, no, three years before we yeah. met at uni and did the masters. Yeah. And the writing aspect of it, because I didn't go to film school with writing in mind. It was all right. like, I'm going to be a director. Yeah, I'm okay. obsessed with Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. <laughs> Writer, director? It's funny how things change, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I guess, but like writing was just something I hadn't worked on the craft of at all. Mm. And I found that with everyone. Everyone I went to film school with. We got to a point of the year where we had to like do a pitch and yeah. be like, um, we all had to write a, mo- a short film and pitch it. And then they were going to pick like four or five to be made and then yeah. everyone else would be assigned crew roles yeah and literally everyone they're like what what role are you pitching for i'm like i want to direct yeah and they're like well we can't we can only have kind of. four or five directors <laughs> so yeah like i got stuck in the producer role right and then did like okay at it and then got stuck in that for my whole time at film school yeah okay i even noticed it when i was like younger i'd make films with my friends and my cousins yeah and it was just like, we're having fun. And then you reach a certain point where you're like, what we're making sucks shit. And it's because <laughs> there's no script. Right, like, We're kind right. of just showing up and like shooting fake guns and, and doing like <laughs> dumb action scenes. And like, right. yeah. My brother, my older brother will never let me forget. There's this bit where I had my cousins as like secret agents fighting in our swimming pool. Yeah. And it's me directing it. And my directing style was just like, punches, punches, <laughs> hit him harder. <laughs> So you basically like ad-libbing story, basically. Pretty much. And then yes. I added like a, you know, a film. I think I was inspired a lot by like Sin City when I was a teenager. Yeah, so I had like right. a film noir voiceover that okay. I added in later. But at yeah. the time I was just screaming directions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the writing, no, it didn't come in until later, mm. even after film school. I think in between when I met you and when I finished film school, yeah. I started to get into the writing thing. And in fact, I even went, I did a separate course. I was at Melbourne oh, really? Uni for, uh, I think I went there for half a year. Yeah, okay. Um just because I went, you know, VCA has this reputation. Yes. For me, I was like, oh, I didn't really try in film school. I was just worried about making like dumb short films. Yeah. 
my grades weren't like the best. They weren't shit, but like I was mm. like to guarantee getting into the masters. Maybe I'll go back to for a semester and do like a bunch of writing classes. Yeah, I can't even remember what the thing was called, certificate mm. of arts writing or something. Yeah, okay. Um, and so I was doing all of that stuff, and also someone who the year below me at my film school reached out and was mm. kind of like. We have to direct. They were in the same position I was. We have to like all write a film. I've been chosen to direct. I hate the film that I've written. Right. Do you have any ideas? And I did have an idea, so I wrote something that then got made, and, and that cool. was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Because the yeah. the uni do like they hire out a cinema. Yeah, and show all the films at the end of the year. So it's kind of cool, like seeing your yeah, name up on the cool, screen, yeah. and they have an awards thing. So I was like nominated for best screenplay, and oh fuck and yeah, that's that help. was cool. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. But yeah, then went to that. Did like the six month course, and then into that. VCA in the yeah. following year. I remember getting accepted into VCA and being like, oh, my God. Like, it's such yeah, a big mate. thing. But then when we got there, I remember someone saying, one of their lecturers or something, being yeah. like, yeah, there weren't that many people that applied. So, it, like, wasn't even <laughs> a big thing anymore. It was kind right. of like, yeah, we took about 30 people and there was about 37. So right. Like, oh, okay, the great. From yeah. Sales. Yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't know that till just now. So, yeah, yeah thanks for that. <laughs> it may have even been less than that. It may have been like one guy missed out or something. Right. Because <laughs> I, I remember feeling the exact same way, especially because, like I said, obviously, I uh, my background is weirdly in science. And I'd always done, like, creative stuff, like the web comics that I did for ages. Yeah. yeah. Which, like, arguably involves writing because I'd write the dialogue yeah. for these web comics. And obviously, yeah, they had to deliver a joke. But really, yeah, I'd never done proper prose or screenwriting or anything like that. And then same thing, I kind of like, oh, I think I'm interested in this. I did a short course at RMIT in writing for TV and really enjoyed it and thought, yes, this is something I'm super interested in. And then sort of, yeah, bashed together a portfolio for this acceptance into VCA, the prestigious VCA. And then obviously, yeah, even had the interview. It's a panel interview with three of the lecturers that come in. And very serious It's stuff. very serious, right? Did and I ever like, tell you that I did the wrong thing? What does that mean? There was So there was the criteria. I can't even remember what the thing was that we had to do. We had to do like a piece, didn't we? We had to submit like a- Yes, yeah, we did. Maybe it was a portfolio or something like that. It was like, like a couple of different- I think I submitted like three different pieces of writing. All right. I misread- the, the website okay. somehow I don't know how this happens. Oh, God, there must have been a different course there, some sort of graphic design or something at VCA. <laughs> and because I, I found it so weird, I'm reading right. this thing and I'm like, I triple checked it. I thought, and it was like, here's a short story by Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, and we want you to take a series of photographs that like no come up with a story for it. And I was like, this is such a weird fucking thing to do. And I remember at the time, like my whole family were away. It was just me and my, my little brother. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to like dress up for this thing. I need you to help me. I'm going to set the photos up. You just got to pull the trigger and all that. So I did like this last supper type thing where yeah. I was every character, but I was dressed differently. And like, right. I can't remember what the story was, but I did like some weird interpretation where yeah. like yeah. everyone at the last supper had died or something like that. And I'm sitting in this meeting with the three writing people and they're like, <laughs> Interesting submission. And I was like, I went into the interview knowing I had fucked up. Okay. I found out okay. and I felt That's- like shit. I was like, yeah. oh my God. And they were like, yeah, that was that was interesting. I explained it and they were like very nice about yeah. it. But yeah. I remember being shocked at that interview because they were like, what do you want to get out of the course? Yeah, yeah. And because I was still, in terms of the writing journey, mm. pretty new into it. So yeah. I was kind of like, I'd love to like come in and like, you know, learn the craft and that sort of thing. Yeah, and they yeah. were very like, no, no, no. That's not – like, they didn't want to hear that. Oh. So, I thought I'd fucked that interview up. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That was nearly one of the four or five that missed out. That's insane. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's what I thought, yeah. <laughs> I love that you got into, like, a completely different oh, course, arguably. Just ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, they, they presented it as if, like, no, no, you're supposed to know all that before you come here. We're about sort of mastering that. And it's kind of like, well, all right. And then you go there and you're like, no, it's not at all. It's not at all. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. That, was the, that was the thing for me, obviously, because the point was that I had done an undergraduate in a completely different field. Yeah. And they were teaching me the basics, which they did. And I really, I thought 
that was the side that I liked was that we'd learned all the craft stuff and all that sort of things. The things they obviously didn't cover was industry or any of that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Um, but they, they were mostly focused on the craft. That's, that's insane. Yeah, it is funny because in that course, we had like that mentor program where mm. you'd have like a mm. one-on-one session with someone who's in the industry. And I remember at one point I had like an idea for something that would be like a pitch that you would make for Hollywood. It's not like an Australian film. It was like some franchise property, yeah. an idea to rekindle an old franchise, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I would say to him, how do I go about sort of like getting that anywhere? How do I pitch that? Yeah, and he yeah. just flat out was like, I, I don't know. I couldn't like, tell what you. The fuck? <laughs> That's what you kind of want from those courses. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I think what we both probably found is it's the people that you meet and the sort of those connections. Hell yes, dude. Yeah. One, because there is no one path yeah. in, in a writing industry of any kind. And then a lot of it is you just doing some hustling. Like, yeah. And yeah, and saying yes to things, even if they're a bit shit or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, like... And that's something that, like, so I now teach screenwriting at RMIT, and and that's something I tell my students is like, it's all well and good to try to like make connections with those sort of a, a little further up the ladder than you, but definitely don't focus all your energies on that. Like, look at the people around you in this room who are starting out with you. You're going to climb up together, yeah, and you're going to help each other up. And like, and definitely for us with our cohort, that's 100% proven to be the case. Like, yeah, any great opportunities that have come along has mostly been through that cohort of people. Yeah. I remember our lecturer had sort of been like, oh, your group's a bit sort of like standoffish with each other. No <laughs> one's really. And it's kind of like, that wasn't my experience at all. We had, no, I thought, no, a no. good group who was sharing ideas and yeah. sort of, yeah, that sort of thing. Well, like here we are, what, a decade later? Yeah. Chatting together. So that, yeah. <laughs> that can't be <laughs> yeah. the case. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, obviously, yeah, you and I started this little this little writing journey together, a little writing noobs going to our first day of school together yeah uh but yeah now here we are so before we kick into today's topic i just sort of wanted to give a little bit of context around these conversation episodes that we'll be doing um because you actually asked me the other day you sort of said oh what 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 are we gonna what do you want to talk about what we should talk about and i kind of said oh basically anything really (laughs) you know (laughs) meaning anything related to like writing and story but really even if it's just tangentially related I'm cool with that. I think writing encompasses so much different elements uh, and, and we're by no means experts. I'm not an expert. I just love talking about it, you know, yep. uh, especially with guys like you, my mates, you know, basically all I really want is the kind of chats that you and I have all the time anyway, just <laughs> yeah. put them on, put yeah. them on record. Um, so yeah, basically these sorts of chats are going to be kind of like anything that you guys, the guests are excited about or interested in, or, you know, just want to discuss whether that's an element of craft you've been grappling with lately or to, to talk through some sort of writing that you're currently working on, or even just like a book or film or other piece of story medium that you've read or watched and thought was awesome and want to just dissect sort of why it works so well, why it connected all that sort of stuff. So saying all that, Sean, what are we chatting about for this episode? Well, I thought quite fitting for this first one. Uh, I want to talk about the creation of an idea, the beginning an idea, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Because for me, I come at it, I wouldn't call it, for a minute I was going to be like, it's a it's a fear of mine in writing. I wouldn't say mm. it's a fear, but it's a massive frustration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the reason, I'll give you context for that. My brain is a weird one. At any, <laughs> everyone's brain is a weird one. Yeah, but yeah. at any one time, I've probably got five or six reasonably solid ideas that I quite like. Yeah. And so my brain is constantly sort of going back and forth between, fuck, which one do I want to do? I, yeah, I have a lot of yeah, trouble yeah. committing and like beginning the idea. Yes. Yeah. That is probably the biggest issue I have mm. with writing. And does do you think that comes from like, are you someone who once you start, you have to finish it? Are you someone who doesn't believe in not finishing a story? Uh, 
I'd like to say I believe in it, but I have done it, and it does happen. Yeah, but yeah, it it comes from a perfectionist type thing. Yeah, and yeah. in fact, I was I was thinking about this just in the last couple of days. When I was in year twelve, I had this great viscom teacher, Miss Borpri. Mm-hmm. It was when we first got like Apple Macs into school and that oh, sort of thing. So exciting! And yeah. hers was the only <laughs> class that had that, so it yeah. was great. She set them up all around the corners of the room and really encouraged that environment of like every fifteen minutes, get away from the screen, mm. do a lap, interact with people, ask people what they're working on, that sort of thing. God, she's ahead of the game. Man. Oh, she was fantastic. Yeah, she's probably my favourite teacher, and. She was also really good because I'm, I'm not a good artist. Like, I can't really draw or anything like that. Right. And a lot of people who did VizCon were doing, like, you know, architecture and house designs. Yeah, and okay. I just yeah. couldn't do it. But she was like, how can I – she wanted to keep people in her class. Mm. How can I craft this? Like, what's your interest? And I was like, I'm into movies. And yeah. so we decided I could make a – I could do, like, storyboards for oh, a, yeah, a movie yeah. trailer. And yeah. then I would be able to film it and that would be my assignment. Oh, And awesome. do a movie post, like, a whole marketing thing. Oh, my she God, was no, great. She was your favorite teacher. Oh, she was fantastic. Yeah. yeah, it was brilliant. But my big thing – the stuff I'm working on is always shit. And this is true, I think, for probably everyone. It's yeah. shit when it's a work in progress. Yeah, yeah. But I actually hated that. And so everyone was walking <laughs> around looking at me design this bloody movie poster in right. Photoshop. And it looked like a piece of shit. I was yeah. happy with the end product. Yes. But it just looked crap. And everyone, like, it kind of deflate you a bit. Like, people yeah. come around and be like, oh, it's... What is this? And you yeah. try and explain it and you couldn't do it very well. And you just feel like shit. Yeah. I've always had that vibe of like, yeah, not wanting to show the imperfect shit thing. Right. Which right. for writing is fucking crazy. Yeah. You, literally, you're in control. Yeah. You don't show it until you're ready to show it to your friends or to mm-hmm. share it with public or whatever. You choose the point where it's like ready to be shown. Yes. Yeah. So it's a crazy thing to still sort of have, yeah. but it's just what's in it's in my head. I get it though. Like I think I have a similar thing where like I know because I've talked to my dad about this where it's like I don't even want to start a thing until it's perfect in my head. Yeah, I've got like yeah, that's it. I'm only showing it to myself still. Yeah. But until I've looked at it from every angle, considered every possible aspect and I've got it almost 100% down pat in my head, then I'll start the thing. Yes. Which is like the dumbest thing to do, not only as yeah. a writer, but any project. Yep. Sometimes you've just got to start and it'll, you'll figure it out as you go. But I do think for writing, this is something that, again, that I preach pretty often is like the first draft is going to be shit. Yep. In fact, it almost needs to be. That's the process. Yep. You put down something that's a bit shit and then you make it better. Like yep. making it better is part of the process, you know. Yep. Um, and so doing those multiple drafts and coming back to it and tweaking and tweaking and tweaking. And it's not like you're rewriting the thing every time. You're making these little changes. Oh, that dialogue sucks. I'll reword that. Whatever it might be. But that's where it gets to the point that's good, you yep. know. But to jump back to the beginning side of things is like, yeah, that, that first speed bump of I don't want to start something until I, I've committed to it or if it's yep. the idea I want to commit to or... I want it to be awesome. So then for you, what have, what have you found that finally pushes you past that speed bump and gets you starting a story? In the past, deadlines were like such a big yeah, thing. Whereas yeah. now when you're not at uni anymore, they're a harder thing to find. You can be like, oh, there's a deadline for a manuscript for this competition or something yes, like that. Yeah. But they're... They don't feel like, and I know uni is not life and death at all, right. but uni really felt like the deadline. I've got to get the deadline or I'm fucked. Whereas yeah. that, it's kind of like, oh, I missed the deadline. I'm a piece of yeah, shit, but yeah. then you just keep moving on. I get that. So, yeah, yeah deadlines were the thing probably that, mm. that really does help. But yeah. it's just, it is, I, like, I, I'm so aware that it's like, yeah, write it down. It's going to mm. suck shit. And then you come back and you fix it. Yeah, yeah. But just, like, get through it. And yet- it's so hard. I, have, I think I have such a distracted brain mm. because I'll 
I watch a lot of movies, listen to a lot of music. Yeah. Sometimes I'll be listening to a song and I make playlists for things I'm writing, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So if I'm on like Spotify and I've got random spinning, yeah. I might just pick up on like a the, a project that's like maybe fifth in line in my head and then suddenly mm. I'm like thinking about it again. Yeah. And then it pushes the other thing out of the way. So basically I'm making sort of incremental little movements on, on everything. But it's not, it's frustrating because yeah, it's like yeah. just sideline four of them and i say four or five things but sometimes it's even more like, <laughs> so do you do you find that as a writer you'll yeah, get stuck yeah. on something like a little character beat or just yeah. something for a story and you'll come up with an entire new idea yeah this happened to me the other day mm-hmm. a certain song or something or i was watching a movie and i had a character and i'm kind of like oh and then I, yeah. I should be committing on the idea i'm far down the road on yeah yeah. Now I'm fucking excited about this new idea. Yeah, oh. yeah. I find like I can work. I, I, I'm pretty committed to the finish what you start. Literally uh, in the room we're in, I've got a poster on the wall. For, I mean, Neil Gaiman's eight rules for writing. And number three is finish what you're writing. Whatever you have to do to finish it, finish it. Yeah. And so like I kind of take that under advice. I think that's really good advice. I've also got the Pixar rules of phenomenal storytelling. They're fantastic. And I'm pretty sure one of those is also finish your story, let it go, even if it's not perfect. In an ideal world, you have both, but move on, do better next time, which is like so good. And I, I, I think I struggle with the same thing. I also think it's very funny that we're talking about like endings when we're talking about beginnings because yeah. it's almost like, yeah, the two are tied together. Sometimes it is that thing until you can see the ending and and convince yourself the ending's going to be good. You don't want to take that first step. Yeah. But yeah, that that thing that I just said before about, yeah, first drafts are allowed to be shit. In fact, they almost have to be shit. Like I need to get that tattooed on my hand or something so I can slap myself in the face with it. Yeah. Because every time I sit down to write, I forget it. There's a quote and I think it's Ed Wood who was this famous, very shitty director. There's a Johnny Depp film, a Tim Burton film about him. But I, I think I had this on my desk for a while, so I probably should get this right. But I think it was basically like, uh, you'll just have to do better next time, mm. essentially. So anytime you're writing and you think, oh, and you're stressing about, oh, is this good enough? You'll just do better next time. Yeah. Just yeah. keep going. That's it. And like, I think that's, I, I think for a lot of writers probably are in a similar boat where they're a bit perfectionist or whatever, even if they might not consider themselves that. But I do think like, even for writer's block, it's usually because you don't know exactly what happens next and you want it to be perfect sort yeah. of thing. For me, it's like, I've got to, as much as I preach, you know, first drafts can be shit, it needs to be shit, all that sort of stuff. In practice, I find it really hard to get past that. I know it sort of logically, but I, I've, I need to keep hitting myself over the head with it every time I sit down to write to go, it's all right, it's the first draft, just keep going. Like, it's more important to finish the thing yep. than stress about is it good enough? Because, again, then you make it good, you know? Yep. Yeah. So I, I like that we've started with that, that we're talking about, yeah, that, that almost initial writer's block, that speed bump that people come yeah. across. The affirmations like this are actually very helpful. Yeah. And like I find too, I need like my study at home, I need like a clear space. Mm. And for a variety of reasons, for, for probably the last year and a half, we've had like a lot of renovation type things happening around yeah, the place. Yeah. So my study has often become a bit of a dumping ground. And then <laughs> yeah. for a while, I, I clear it out. I'm the kind of person who likes to probably change the position of the desk in the room two or three times <laughs> yeah, a year just right. to like freshen things up. Yeah. But I, I find for my mental space, I really need like to clear the space out. Mm. So it, it is frustrating at times dealing with life stuff oh, that yeah, sort of creeps yeah. in as well. Yeah. But yeah, I do. I love the idea of having 
quotes and things like mm. the Pixar one's fantastic. Yeah, and Neil Gaiman, he's always good quality. Yeah, look, he knows what he's any, doing. <laughs> you, you look for writing quotes, and you'll find specific ones that like, oh yes, and just put them on your desk, and you're yeah. like, yep, yeah, this will sort of steer me. Oh around. yeah, well, I'll give you one more because this is one from a, a guy we love, Cargill, and so yeah. like this one's not on a post that I I put it on a post it and put it on my wall, which is he he wrote on Twitter one day, writing isn't mythical, it's mechanical. Yes, fuck, that's great. That just says yeah. everything. It's like yeah, you, you can't like. You can wait for the muse and every once in a while you'll be in the perfect mindset, in the perfect environment, the perfect weather outside, the dog's having a sleep. Like all those sorts of things have finally hit every level of perfection and you'll get some words down. Yep. But that's giving it myth. That's giving the myth that you need yes. to have all those things to begin writing. Yep. When the reality is, no, it's about getting your butt in the chair, putting your fingers to the keyboard and acknowledging this is might suck a bit, but I'll make it better later. Yep. And putting the words down and then putting more words down. And like I, I like to work to a, a word limit every day. Yep. I usually go if I, if it's a day where I think I don't have tons of times, so I'll try aim for six hundred. It's a day where I've got a bit of time, I aim for a thousand. Yep. And I never really go over that because even a thousand words, you might smash that in an, out in an hour on a good day, and that's awesome. Yep. But other times that might take you the better part of four hours or mm-hmm. five hours. And like for most of us, we don't have five free hours in our day to get yeah. a thousand words done. So for me, it's like great. I'll just put them down. And I do think it is also the thing where the more you do it, the easier it becomes. The more you like acknowledge it's mechanical and you're like, I'm going to get my 600 words. They're going to suck. I'm going to get my 600. Yep. And the next day you do it again. And the next day you do it again. And after a while, you're not worrying about them sucking. You're just like, oh, cool. What's the next part of my story? And then you're into it, you know? Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's let's move a little bit past that. So you've, you've got, we've chosen one of your 20 ideas out of yeah. your head. You've gotten past the speed bump of, is it good enough? How do you start with that idea? What do you, do you usually play? Are you a planner? Do you outline? Big planner. Yeah, okay. Have to. I'll never do the discovery writers, is that what they, they call it? Yeah, yeah it the is. fly by city of pants type of thing. <laughs> because I know, I, I just know yeah. that I will reach a point where I'm like, I don't know what happens next. And then I'll go to one of my other 20 ideas and right. just spin around like that. I, yeah, I, I put them on little um, system cards yep. and pin them up. And I, oh, okay. I, I break the whole thing down. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of have to do that. Yeah. Um, so what is it about that physicality that, that works for you? I think I'm a very visual person, so I just yeah. like to see it laid out yep. and kind of look over it and go, that's shit, or move things around. Right. Or, I've always found that helped. Yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool. Yeah. And so when you outline, are you out like what level of outlining are you doing for your writing? It's it's more just breaking down moments or scenes. Yeah, okay. essentially. I'll, yeah. I'll probably only have one card for a character mm. and just have the few traits that I want. Yep. And then it's it becomes like a beat by beat, scene by scene. I, I like we we got our sort of beginning in screenplay writing and that yep. sort of thing. I still apply those principles to mm. whatever format I'm writing. So oh, I yeah, still yeah. I still aim for five acts. Yeah. Even if I'm writing something shorter, I'll find a way to fit that into that sort of mold. Yes. Sometimes it doesn't, but like it's it's a good sort of compass, I think, to have. I it agree. helps me. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I think like so I'm I I so yeah, for discovery writing to outlining, which like Brandon Sanderson, who's a fantasy writer, does a great uh there's on YouTube, he's done a bunch of lectures about all this sort of stuff. And I remember the first time I really kind of got my head around this idea of discovery writing and outlining and, and the difference between the two is really from watching his one. So I do recommend that. And I'll I'll throw that link up in the show notes. But for me it's like it, it took me a while to realize you're not one or the other. Yep. It is a spectrum, like most things, you know, it's not binary. And for me, it's like I can get excited by the idea of discovery writing an idea, just going, oh, I think I've got an idea. I'm going to let's just start writing it out. Let's see where it goes. And I think there's like me doing that is almost getting past that initial speed bump of going, oh, this is probably going to suck, but who cares? Let's just have fun yeah. with it. Let's we're just discovery writing it. It doesn't matter. No one's ever going to see it. And it's like all these things I need to forefront my writing with in order to get the writing down. Yeah. And then usually once I start, yeah, I do start having fun with it. I'm liking it. I think it's, I think, oh, it's going pretty well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, like it's amazing how much stuff you can just sort of seemingly pull out of the ether and put into the story. Yeah. And like, yeah, you're really discovering it. And that's really exciting. Yeah. Up until a point, And it's usually like still within the first act for sure. But I hit a point where I'm, I'm liking it. In fact, I'm liking it so much, I don't want to fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when I turn to to outlining. And again, I think, yeah, structure, five acts, three acts, whatever you, however you view it, is usually my first go-to point. Because I think with, with outlining for me, especially like in those initial stages, if I do want to do some outlining, I personally don't love thinking through every detail. I've got some students who that's the way they work and that's great. And again, this is, this is something I definitely want to get across is that it's different for every person. It's different yeah. for every writer, you know. Some of you are going to be further down the outlining end of the scale. Some of you are going to be further down the discovery writing end of the scale. But just be willing to acknowledge both at any given time is sort of yeah. my takeaway. It's interesting because, like, so there's a writer we both read, Chuck Wendick. Yeah. And I've seen him ask this, what's your process? Mm. And he's like, it kind of changes with the things I'm writing. Yeah, right. Which I find fascinating because yeah, I'd love yeah. to just do discovery writing. But I just, I know that I would reach a point. And I would just spin my wheels and move on to something else. Like yeah, it would frustrate yeah. me. Yeah. I kind of need to see it laid out. Yeah. Yeah. At the very least, you've got to know, or I do, yeah. the beginning and the end, you kind of got to know. The middle yeah, I can yeah. figure out. But right, like, right. For me, the beginning and the end is the reason of why you want to do it. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Well, like the way I've ended up thinking about it is like, like I said, when I usually get to that point where I'm like, okay, I have to outline because I really like what I like and I don't want to do it in injustice by now writing into something that's garbage. Yeah. So normally what I do with outlining, like I said, I still like a level of discovery writing. I still find that really fun and enjoyable. So I always think of it as lampposts, as in you're in pitch black and you, you're going to that end point, that final lamppost. And usually I'll put like, yeah, maybe three or four along the way, those major turning points 
uh, those major beats in your story, and they're lampposts that are directing you in the right path so you don't end up curving into garbage. Yeah. And once I've got those four or five beats out and I think I've got a, a sort of broad overview of what my story is, then I can keep going because at least I know I'm heading towards those lampposts. I can discover what, right my way to each one, yeah. but I know I'm still heading in the right direction. And that's good too because that leaves you a lot of room to play around. You can mm. go down a path that you want to sort out and yeah, then the lamppost yeah. always sort of guide you back yeah you can come back to the path yeah. that's it and i think yeah some of those diversions can be the best part of your story yeah and then often yeah. when you do the rewrite you'll be like all right that diversion that's slowing me down but that one that's great and i want to explore that more yes so it is a cool way to do it I yeah think. that's yeah. it and like this is the thing where it's it's both it's about outlining and discovery right yeah for me when i'm at that sort of outlining phase two a big part of it is the research part of it and mm-hmm. it's one of the parts i actually like the most yeah which is the all right cool I want to read stuff that's in this sort of same vein. I want to, I want to come up with a bit of a short list of what movies I want to watch. Mm. I want to start listening to some music to get myself in yes. the zone of it. Yeah. And that, it's all part of the thing. Yeah, and yeah. I quite like it. Years ago, I worked with somebody. We were like um, collaborating on a few different projects. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned how how much I really like the research phase. Right, I like right. that idea of being like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna borrow that book from the library. I want to... Yeah. Because often when you're writing, it's either you're coming from a place of you know something and you're passionate about it mm-hmm. or you want to be. Yes. You wanna, I'm fascinated by that and I want to learn more yeah, about it. Yeah, I've always been curious. And this person was like critical to me, kind of like, oh, maybe you just want to be a researcher instead of a writer. Oh. And I was just thinking, shut up. It's yeah, not... Yeah. Like, it should be... If you want to just write stuff that's in your head, fine. But for yeah. me, I I do like to sort of discover something new. It's always yeah. something I'm interested in. Yeah, yeah. Pick of a field that I'm really keen on. Right. But you can always learn more about Hell it. Oh yeah. And like and again, fun. I think that's another thing where it's on a spectrum of how much you want to you want to research. And I think, yeah. yeah, for some people it inspires story and that's yeah. fucking great. That's what's that's gonna be the thing. You get so jazzed about it. Yeah. You again you get over that speed bump, you're putting words down because you've got all these ideas bubbling away because yeah. of the research you've done. And then for other people who don't need it, who feel like the research is going to get in the way, cool, you can write your first draft, yeah. then do some research to fact check it so it's not complete garbage. It does know. lead to like sometimes where you look at your bookshelf ages later and you're right. like, why have I got that book? <laughs> why have I got that time travel book? Oh, okay. Oh, that that's old right. Idea. Oh, yeah, yeah that, that story I shelved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I learned <laughs> all that time back, travel. it's back in. You're like, yeah. oh, here we go. Let's go down that path for a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It does happen. All right, let's take one more just step back. So I want to go back to just that idea yep. thing. So, like, my my thinking on ideas that they're actually, like, most ideas are dime a dozen. In not that they don't have legs, but that you can come up with new ideas almost at will at any given time. Like, if you pick two random things, like astronaut, vampire. Yeah. Oh, there's an idea there. Like, if you keep building on that, you'll come up with something. Yep. So, if we're, if we're taking that at face value, that ideas are sort of, yeah, easy to come by... How do you know when you've got an idea you want to write a story about? I think I, if I go through all the ideas I, I, that I have, mm. thematically there's often some sort of link. Yeah, yeah. okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, and so I, if I'm in that zone, I'm kind of like, okay. For me, it's just kind of like, will I care enough about it mm. to still be doing this or to still care right, about it right. two years from now or yeah, something like yeah. that? And that's why I often... Some of the ideas fall away. Sure. And I, people come at ideas from different ways, mm-hmm. but because of the background in movies that we had, I do come at an idea from like a, 
often I will be thinking, how would it be as a movie? Yeah, okay, yeah. And how do I translate that into something that's like a novel or right, something again, like that? Right, again, that visual so, so sort of thing. It things. doesn't always start out from a, a character perspective. Yeah. Often it is like a plot. What's my what's my cool concept? What's mm. my plot? What's the idea of what's happening? And then who are the characters that I'm filling out around it? Yeah. It's not all the time. Though. Like sometimes I do just come up with a character and yeah. I'm like, all right, what situation can I put this person yeah, in? Cool, cool. Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, like, I think I'm, I'm somewhat the same. Yeah, I think, again, like- like you said, those, those ideas can fall away, and I think that's a, a good thing. That's almost yeah. a necessary thing. Like I know this um, Matt Fraction, the, the graphic novel writer. Uh, I remember reading like a blog of his once or something. Yeah, it would have been his newsletter, probably. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And he talked about how he basically doesn't write his ideas down anymore. In fact, he lets them sit in his brain, and the ones that he forgets, they're the ones that fall away. Right. The ones that stick around, there's some juice there. There's something there. Like if his brain keeps going, hey, don't forget this this kind of cool idea we had. Yeah. Then he's like, all right, that's the story I'm going to tell. Which yeah, okay. like the balls on that. Like, yeah, that's. Yeah, I'm scared if I don't write <laughs> yeah, it down because yeah. I think I'm, I'm, I'm stupidly. I'm like I'm missing out on gold if I don't. Yeah, write Yeah, but like yeah. that's the thing. Like I, I do. To me, is like again, there's always two frames of mind on it. But for me, it's like. I think as writers, we train our brains to yeah. look for ideas, to look for story ideas, to look for elements we can use in stories. And I think the more you work that muscle, the more it speaks to you. Yeah. So it's, I do sometimes feel like it's a bit of a thing. If you don't use it, you lose it. So as yeah. soon as you start ignoring it, being like, oh, don't worry about that, actually, brain, then it might stop giving you that, that goal that you're noticing and yeah. connecting those dots that you want. In terms of idea creation, there is another thing that I will sometimes do, and that's like I might have a topic mm. that I'm interested in exploring and I want to do, and I'll give you an example. For years, I've been like, I'd love to do a story about a religious cult. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, I kind of wait for the right time until I come up with one. Yeah. And so in that specific case, I've probably had, over the course of a few years, mm. three or four different ideas, and they just sit there for a while, and then I lose interest. And, yeah. But yeah, when I find the right one, where mm, I'm like, mm. yeah. I'll, I'll dive in and do that. But yeah, yeah. Some, I've got a few little plates like that that are spinning. I'd yeah, like to do a okay. thing about that's a cool that. Way to do it, yeah. When the idea comes to me for it that's that suits it, right. then I'll jump in and do or that. Or is it even like sometimes you hear the right you read the right article online or something that's like it, that? That's yeah. it, yeah. So yeah. I might have the religious cult thing in my mind and then I'll read a true life thing about it and try yeah. and figure out maybe that's an angle I could cover yeah, or yeah. yeah. Or I'll read a book or Or just join know. a cult. Yeah, yeah, that's another like, thing. Yeah, it's all part of the research. That's the research, man. That's it. <laughs> you do go deeper to research. Oh, big time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hey, start a con. Why not? <laughs> been meaning to write a book about podcasting for five years, so I've been, been stuck in my research. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, last thing on that that I want to talk about is that I usually like I find. I, I might have one of those good ideas, or I write, or I've looked at my list of cool ideas. Which one is speaking to me today? That sort of thing. And then usually I like, well, that's a good idea, but it's not a story. Yeah. It's like the background to a story. It's the interesting part. It's the hook of the story. What's the story actually about? And that's, again, usually where I need to do at least some outlining into who my character is, what their what their character arc is, because usually this is like plot driven or like, yeah, like astronaut vampire. You're like, okay, that's fun. Yeah. But then there's no legs there yet. Yep. It's just a single thing floating in space. Yeah. And you kind of got to, that's where I do need to do a bit more outline to go, yeah, okay, well, is it from the vampire astronaut's point of view? Is it someone who comes across a vampire astronaut? Who is this person? What's caused them to go into space? Are they, uh, is it the future? And they're just like a worker in space. They're a grunt and they happen to find this vampire hidden away on an asteroid somewhere or whatever it might be. You know, like yeah. start asking those questions of yourself. Yeah. And then after a while, the more questions you ask and the forcing yourself to answer them, 
sure enough, an actual story comes. It started with that nice idea. That's something interesting that your brain's hooked on to. Yeah. But by asking these questions about, well, what's the actual story about? What are we actually seeing or reading? Then we actually dig into what the actual story is and it starts to flesh yeah, out. Yeah, for sure. There. Yeah. I never feel bad about outlining. Mm. Like even if it ends up fizzling out, I try not to feel like I've wasted time yeah. because I'm still working on story and on structure and I'm still probably learning, I think. And yeah. then, like, if I, if that didn't, if that idea didn't work, I've got a reason perhaps for why it didn't work. And when I'm working on the next thing, I'll be like, am I going down the same path with this? It's all, I think right. it's all part of it. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Like, even you saying you're still learning, we're all still learning. Oh, Every yeah. writer, if they're 90 years old, as far yeah. as I'm concerned, they're still learning. And, like, that's, that's arguably what this chat is about. Like, what every chat about writing is, it's like, it's not to, wax lyrical and show how smart we are or anything like that it's, yeah. it's the opposite it's it's to get all these random thoughts in our head and try to get them out i think so much of like learning comes from forcing yourself to articulate you know, the thoughts you've got there's sort of a bit of a mess in your brain but by having a chat with a writing buddy and like often you know it's it's so much fun because together you're sort of yeah. really like hammering down and nailing down yes actually yeah what you just said you put it in a really good context of what i was thinking but you put it into words before i didn't have it in words yeah. and i think the more you do that and the more you read other people's ideas of story and hear other podcasts and all that sort of stuff it it can really come from a lot of different perspectives and one person might say it in their way and all of a sudden it clicks. Yeah, for sure. And it's the best feeling in the world. Like whatever element of craft it is, whether it's structure or character arc or whatever it might be. But yeah, the more you talk about it, the more you think about it, the more you learn about it and acknowledge that you're still learning, yeah. the the better you get at it because you're still still open to to hearing these things and thinking about them. That idea you had there of it of it just clicking. Mm. Also love that too. And I don't know if you found this, but I might be at the cinema. Yeah. And I'm watching a movie that has nothing to do with an idea I'm working yeah. on. And yet it's a great film. And you have that buzz from when you leave the cinema, oh, man, when yeah. you're driving home, where you just feel so creative. It's like golden hour. Yeah, and it yeah. can have nothing at all to do with that movie. Yeah, like You might not have even loved that movie. There sure. might have just been something within it. And yeah. then for whatever reason, you're driving home and you're just kind of like, yeah, yeah. just give me my laptop. Hell yeah. And yeah. I think it's something to do with the actual cinema experience. Yeah. The, like Obviously, we're, we've... All of us have like had that experience of watching TV or watching a movie and being on our phone at the same time. Yeah. And obviously like at least for moral good people, we avoid that at the cinema. Yeah. Uh, and so I think it is something about literally sitting in a darkened room mm-hmm. and watching a screen and putting all your attention onto this one thing. And then it's like, like I said, it's that muscle that you train. You're, that muscle flares up because it's all of a sudden it's called to the forefront of your mind. It's not distracted by all these other things. Yeah. And so it starts firing. And then, yep. yeah, that golden hour after leaving the cinema where all these ideas are buzzing. Yeah, you've got to utilize that. Yeah. That's that's some good shit. Have you ever found you're working on, like I've, I've done this, I've been working on something that's like more lighthearted, like a comedy. Sure. And then you watch something like Children of Men. Right. Which is so serious and somber and, and you're kind of like, what am I fucking doing? <laughs> what am I doing? Why aren't yeah, I telling yeah. like a you know that stupid thing in your head? Be like, tell a story that matters, even yeah. though comedy can matter. Yeah, it's yeah. just yeah. There's so many like just distractions that can for sure because there's so that many, can throw you off. There's so many areas you want to write in. This is where I actually think your idea of like having five on the go at any point. If they're all quite diverse, it's yeah. it is like. It prolongs all of them, arguably. Yeah. But it is too many because it is a slow process. Yeah, I quite like the idea, and it's something I'd probably hope that I can get a handle on. Yeah, of doing like a uh, two completely different genre ones, doing like a really fun, silly adventure one, yes. and then doing quite a serious drama. Yeah, yeah. And you can kind of chip away at the same time. Yeah, if you nice. hit a bit of a dead end on one, jump in and have a bit of fun, right? And then switch back into this. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, yeah having like- too many, it, it it's too much. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I even for a while, and I, I should pick this up again, is I had one that was like a word dump story is what I considered it as, where I had my serious story, the one that I wanted to be really good. Yeah. But then, yeah, same thing. I might hit that speed bump of, oh, I'm shit today and I this story deserves better and I'm whatever I write is going to be garbage. So cool. Then I'll jump to my word dump story where like, this is a story I'm never literally going to show anyone. Yeah. And I'll just put in whatever, like it was literally just like, write as fast as you can. Sure. Literally dump it all out. Whatever happens, like what happens next? Oh, a giant pumpkin explodes. Okay, cool. That's what happens next. Like it can be any random crazy crap. Yeah. And one is like some funny, interesting stuff came of that, that like I probably would never, that story itself on its whole is probably a bit shit, but you can pick out the parts that actually you do like. Yeah. But then usually by doing so, it does take away that stigma you've put on yourself, that thing of mythical instead of mechanical. And then usually by the time you're done, you're like, actually, no, I do have an idea for that story. In fact, I think I will write, I'll just write a couple of lines. Oh, maybe I'll write a paragraph and then hopefully you're away. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last thing I wanted to talk to you about in terms of beginnings, first lines. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts around or any Uh, processes about getting that first line down? Yeah. I put too much weight on it. It's so hard to, right? That's kind of why I wanted to bring it up is that it's like, it's such a heavy... Like, this is the thing. This is like you open the book at the bookstore and that's the that's, first line. I do it a lot. I'm at the bookshop and I, I read the first line. I go, damn, yeah, damn, I can got it. Or sometimes like, <laughs> sometimes it will stop me from buying a book. I'll right. just be like, eh, you know. It didn't catch you, me. You didn't, you didn't have a big swing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tricky. Yeah, it kind of puts yeah. too much pressure. And yeah. it's the kind of thing where like when I do get in on, on a bit of a roll with something, I like to just kind of, I'll, I'll think about it more than I'll think about the second yeah, of sentence, course. I'll tell oh, you for hell sure. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I won't be too precious. I'll just be yeah. like, come back and fix it. Yeah. And yeah. But I do, I'm a big believer in like, you really hit it out of the park on the first yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But like, yeah. this is, and again, I think just to tie back to, to putting that weight on it and having that speed bump and all the rest is like, oh, uh, look, this can be, I think sometimes telling yourself, this is a, this is a placeholder first line yeah i'll come back and write a fucking amazing first line once i know the story inside and out once i know the character whatever it might be yeah and so yeah that can be the case otherwise like something that that uh so i also also teach creative writing to kids and trying to get them to write sometimes they're really passionate about writing sometimes they hate it their parents have put them in this class because they they think it'll be good for them yeah um and so a lot of the time one of the questions you get is i don't know how to start a and you're like oh god just write some words, kid. <laughs> um, and so I'll be like, all right, well, let's have a think about this. And literally it's, it's been so good because it's made me think about it. Yeah. And here's what I've sort of come up with. Where What I usually tell them, I'm like, all right, there's a few different ways to start it. You can start with letting the audience know about the character. So give us the first line that is full of character or going to make us want to, want to know more about this character, whether it's got questions like, call me Ishmael from Moby Dick is a very famous first line. It's, it's three words, but... From that first line, you've got so many questions you want to ask yep. about it. Where, like, who who's saying this? Why are you saying, call me Ishmael instead of my name is Ishmael? Like, is that not your name? Yeah. Who are they talking to? Like, it's great because it has so many questions and it relates to to character. So, cool. You can start with character. Or if the setting's really important, if this is a future story, this is a fantasy story, whatever it is, and that's the hook you're kind of going for, then, you know, like, the world ended 47 years ago. And now the, you know, whatever it might be, something to yep. really like, if that's the genre you're trying to grab, start with that. And then the last thing I would say to them is like, or if your character has a really strong want, that's obviously the character's want is what drives the story. So it was like, it might be like my sister went missing 37 days ago. Or, you know, um, Sean had been having a great day right up until the bus hit him. Whatever it is, you know, like, but it's giving that that thing that's kicking off the story. Sean wants to recover or whatever. He goes yeah. into a coma and life's different afterwards. Whatever it might be, but it's kicking off that one. And then the final thing I say to them, 
And if you can get a line that includes all three of those things, then you've got a really good first line. Yeah. If it can be character and setting and want, you're off to the races. Right. Yeah. That's great advice. <laughs> Cheers. Write then, that down. <laughs> write that down. The last thing I'll also say is, or you've just got a real good, real good fucking hook. Yeah. What it like, you know, I can't even- Love the hook. On. Yeah. But if you like, it's a line where you're like, oh, well, I have to know more. Now I have to buy the book. <laughs> I, I wrote a first line. I don't even know what the story is yet. But my first line is something like, oh, I can't remember my character's name, so I'll put your name in its place. Yeah. Sean Carney gave me his seventh thumb on a Wednesday. Great. Right? <laughs> yeah. And I, like that line came to me. I'm like, oh, there's something there. And I, I've got a few ideas I want to get into because I'm yeah. hoping it'll eventually yeah. show up as a short tale. Questions. Um, but yeah, you've got questions. It's, there's a hook there. There's something interesting about it. Yeah. And so, you know, arguably that's still doing a lot. It's telling us it's telling us what uh, the character's want is to figure out why Sean Carney's giving him his severed thumb. You know, yeah. it's still doing a few of those things, but it's also so shocking and such a good hook yeah. that you want to know what happens next. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, Great. man. The, there's one thing I, I think about too when I'm thinking about sort of idea creation mm. and it's length of the thing. Yeah. Right. like, so I'll read, I'll, I'll use Chuck Wendig again as an example. Yeah. Wanderers, which is like eight or 900 pages. Sure. I can't fathom ever writing a novel. That yeah, one. yeah. Like for yeah. me, they're just not the because, like I said before, I'm often thinking cinematically. Yeah. So for me, I'm thinking of like a two-hour movie. Right. So my books will probably be 350 words tops. Yeah, that, that sort yeah. of thing. But I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I put a lot of pressure on myself to be like, gonna write the novel. Yeah. You know. And it's just, it's, it is such a massive undertaking. For sure, it is. Yeah. I'm swinging towards being more interested in doing novellas. Yeah. Because I think there would have been a time where I was like, oh, is there really a marketplace for them? Is there mm, a want mm, for them? Mm. But getting in through our Scaredy Boys podcast, yeah. getting into the horror genre yeah. and getting into that community on Twitter and seeing all the different stuff that's out there, there's a big like push for novellas. Yeah, there is. Like, there's a lot of... Because horror lends itself, I think, to those. Yeah. Get in and get out. Right. Do a little 100-page thing. Yeah. Fuck somebody's life yeah, yeah, up. Yeah. And then yeah. Do something else. And I kind of like that idea. Yeah, yeah. Because short stories, because I've sometimes when you get blocked a little bit with your writing, like mm. I'll just bang out some, some short stories. Yeah. They've never really been of interest to me. Okay. Mainly because it's very hard. You can do it, mm. but it is very hard to have like the emotional hooks with a short story. They yeah, just don't yeah. have that bigger build up. You don't have and much That's kind of what I want in writing. Right. But you can do it with a novella yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 I think you're really onto something there. I, I've definitely seen. Like, so many publishers are publishing novellas, which was yeah. just something that didn't happen, like, five, ten years ago. Yeah, I don't you know? recall it five years ago. Right. But, like, I've, myself, I've bought, like, five of them yeah, this year. Yeah, yeah. Like and I think, it's, sure. I think the reason for it is, is obviously we've, we've got more content. I don't particularly love that word, but we've got more content than ever before. Yeah. And so, same for TV world is that there's there's more of a, there's, like, miniseries are becoming a bigger thing because it's, like, there's something nice about a contained story yep. as an audience you're you're less willing to commit my time like all of a sudden your time is so much val- more valuable when there's so many options available yeah and so like if you come across this sweet little novella and you're like oh man i think if i have a beautiful saturday or sunday to myself i'm just going to sit down and read that from cover to cover yeah what an experience what an enjoyable yeah. experience and it's not like oh will i have enough time later in the week to keep reading it oh will i stay on top of it life's pretty busy yeah blah 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 and so, yeah, I think there is a. Re- I think novellas becoming a much bigger market than ever before, yeah. and they're they're a joy to write for what for the reasons you said. And obviously, crucial to the writing is to read as well. Like, yeah, I mean, Stephen King famously says that. I'm sure mm, a lot of people mm. say that. It's kind of a common sense thing. Right. You get inspired by what you read, and then you go off and write That's and that it. sort of yeah. thing. But I know for myself, if I'm in like a bit of a reading rut, like last year, for instance, there was a point where I'm like, oh man, I haven't read anything for a while. I really want to mm. read. 
I read like this thing called Dear Laura by Gemma Amor. Yep. And it was like a short one. I think it was probably like 80 or 90 pages. Right. Smash that out. And then all of a sudden, whoop, you're in. And then like yeah. a month later, I'd read like five novels. And yeah, you just, that's it. Then, that's it. Yeah. So if you're in a bit of a rut with reading, grab a little 100 page book. And yeah. Bam. That's the thing. Like we can be, you can be a lover of reader and sort of have dropped the habit of it. I think, yeah. I think most adults, I think most of those sort of bookish people that I know, yeah, as kids, they were really big readers, avarice readers, and then somewhere within your teens yeah. and 20s. Because you had more time. Yeah, exactly. You had so yeah. much time. Like I, that's, I used to think about like just sitting in my room on my bed and I would read for hours at a time. I'd get home from school and then read till dinner time. Yeah. That's just what I did, you yeah. know. Uh, and then at some point you drop it off. And I do think it needs to be, a, a even though it's something you enjoy so much, it's a habit that needs to be relearned, especially yeah. because it requires so much focus and attention where... Yeah. Our attention, obviously, it's no big secret to know it's diverted by everything. Yeah. I've even found myself like, cause, yeah, just life stuff. You just get like so overwhelmed with other commitments. That's and shit. it. And I'm often like, if we're going to go away somewhere, mm. my girlfriend would be like, oh, what are you looking forward to? I'm like, I'm going to read a book. Like, yeah. I'm looking really forward. So, like, it's like you can do that in your normal life. You yeah. just got to sort yeah. of set aside a little bit of time here and there. Right. But yeah, novellas are great. They're something I'm sort of interested in because, mm. yeah, like I've said, too many ideas. Yeah. And some of them just aren't big enough to kind of right. go the distance Novel into a bigger ideas. thing but they're sweet little like you know they'll pack a punch yeah yeah beautiful all right well buddy i i could chat with you all day <laughs> but we better wrap it up there thank you so much for coming on and being part of the inaugural short tales conversation episode it's been an absolute pleasure thanks buddy get me back i'll happily have you back <laughs> I, would, I would need to have you back for another one all right if you'd like to hear more from sean you can check out his very good podcasts how good's footy and scaredy boys both of which he does with some very charming lads. Or you can find him on Twitter at Carney from 55 As for me, you can find me on Twitter at Midday Pajamas or feel free to send me an email at shorttales.podcast at gmail.com. Until next time, this has been Short Tales and I've been Damien Rowe. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.